Welcome to the Trevsis Podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Aaron. We are healthcare travelers and the creators of Trevsis. Trevsis provides on-the-clock, off-the-clock resources for healthcare travelers. On-the-clock being our amazing course, Traveler School, and this podcast. And off-the-clock being the Trevsis Adventures, which we are here in Bali. Currently about to start our Trevsis Adventure Bali trip. So, without further ado, we got a big week, a big topic to talk to you guys about, and we will jump right in right now. All right, so welcome back to the pod. Sorry, we've been off a little bit. I know we've been MIA the last Uh. couple of weeks. But we are finally getting to this hypnotherapy session that we shared a little bit about on Instagram. And I know so many of you were like really interested in wanting to learn more and wanting to hear about the experience. And so we thought we will, this is the place where we can share it, right? So it's like Instagram, these little like tidbits of stuff. But yeah. I feel like this is where we can really kind of get into like the nitty gritty, juicy details of it. And share the overall experience um, in case it's something maybe you're interested in trying out for yourself. So this is the episode where we are going to finally get to this topic. And we're gonna go into kind of how this all came about, the experience overall, um, why we are believers in hypnotherapy and, and why we think that it works. And also the, the kind of the real behind the scenes of it of what came up, the struggles that have come up afterwards, my experience with it, Aaron's experience with it, and then information if it's something you want to try on your own. So we're going to get into all of that today. Totally. No, I think it's crazy because, I mean, I think it would be good to start with how it came about if you want to go into that. Okay. And then we can just jump right into we'll it. just break it down. Yeah. Break it down. All right. So how it came about, we were... Did you want to say anything about the fact that we're sitting in our hotel room in Bali staring out Changu and the ocean and about to start a trip or are we just skirting past that? No, I mean, I was literally just thinking that but then I'm like, well... Yeah, we could get down a tangent. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, if you guys... you, I feel like most of you follow us on Instagram and so you kind of have seen what's going on in our lives behind the scenes and the fact that we're back in Bali and we're in Changu right now... Getting ready to, we have a couple of days before the full like Travis crew gets here to kick off our first ever Bali trip. And I don't know, it feels kind of surreal. Well, it feels surreal. And it's also one of those things that we went to Abood. We left Chenggu, went to Abood. We were in Chenggu for a while, kind of like figuring things out. Then we went to Abood, got things like really sorted out. Like we went through the itinerary any gaps we had that we couldn't really solve in the United States. Like we're like, we'll solve on the ground when we get there. Like all of it worked out beyond, beyond my expectation to where like I was on the ground. I was like, bro, I knew this was going to be badass, but this will literally be a, a Travis's signature trip that we will be known for. Like like this will go down in history. Totally. Like people, totally. And I'm just like, wowzas. Well, and I think we, we were a little nervous about this trip because, you know, Bali, as we've said many times, is one of our favorite places. We've been here several times. We feel like we really know the island. Yeah, we have friends here that are helping us plan. So we're like, no, this is going to be epic because we want to do things that are different. Like I think a lot of people come to Bali, they want to party, they want to go to the beach and while all that's terraces and. Yeah, and like we're gonna in the temples and all that, and like while we're gonna do that too, because those things are touristy for a reason and they're cool to see and experience. There's so many other parts of Bali we really want to share with people that I think most tourists and most people really don't get to experience. So I think that our trip is really unique in that way that it is a one of a kind experience. We're kind of nervous because there's so many moving parts, and all of the trips up until this point that we've led and hosted, a big portion of them is usually us hiking, right? So it's like we're in the hands of another guide and you know we're, we're spending a good amount of time on the trail and camping and it's very structured. 
where this trip is very much like so many moving parts, we're in control, we're in charge the whole time to make sure that, now we do have a guide that's helping us and our friend that's going to be leading us and yeah. driving us, but Aaron and I really are in charge of making sure everything is smooth and we get from place to place and that all the things are booked and all the things, like there's just so much that we've never had to do on a trip, so this is definitely like, the the gauntlet of trips when it comes to us hosting it mm -hmm. and so we're just like i feel like we have a million things in our mind that we, we want to make sure like go off without a hitch so coming here and just checking in i feel like we were kind of anxious and and nervous and now i feel like it's all clicking that we're like no this is it's gonna it's gonna be okay yeah it's gonna be smooth. no it's gonna be smooth yeah and I mean, like I said, we can we always do like a trip debrief podcast yeah, yeah. and things like that, which we can jump into. I just think I'm like really excited about this one. And now that we're here, people are literally getting on planes in the United States today and flying here. We already have somebody here. It's, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, okay, let's go. Like, let's do this. Let's do this. Like, I'm ready. It's insane. Yeah. All right. And yeah. I guess we'll talk about it yeah. because there's more things I wanted yeah. to say about Bali and specifically. Yeah, about, okay, I we'll save we that. Yeah. We'll do after the trip. Yeah, okay. totally. I'll make a note. So, okay, let's jump into the hypnotherapy. So how this all came about was on our trip to Patagonia. Peru. Oh, yeah, it was Peru. Okay, you're right. But she came to Patagonia with us too. So in Peru, one of the girls on our trip, we were all like chatting and stuff. Oh, because we were having coffee and I was like do you not drink coffee? Like, that's so weird to me. Like, I don't trust people who don't drink caffeine. Like, what is wrong with you? And and so I asked, and she was like, no, I, I used to be, like, severely addicted to coffee where it was not just like, oh, I love coffee. Like, most of us. Like, I don't start my day without coffee. I don't talk to you before I've had coffee, but I wouldn't consider myself, like, it's controlling my life, right? It's just I really enjoy it. And there's probably a mild addiction there, but... She said it was really, really bad. Or yeah, like her whole life was shifting around the fact that like if she didn't have her coffee at certain times of the day and then even into the night and then like before she went to bed, I mean, it was like crazy. Like it was nuts. When she explained it, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, like an addiction is anything that completely comes and takes complete con control over your life where you have to plan things around it to make sure you have it or you're anxious if you don't. Like that's when you know you have a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I realized I had a problem. I did not want to feel this way anymore. Um, it was just making me feel absolutely terrible. And so she booked this appointment with a hypnotherapist named Helen. And who, you know, we use and we'll get into. And so she said she changed her whole life. And she had these two sessions with her. And she's like, honestly, I never, after my sessions, I never thought about coffee again. It's, it just completely left my my whole awareness and being of I felt like I had to have it where I just didn't even think about it at all. So I can be around coffee. It's fine. I don't have any like kind of weirdness towards it. It's just like, oh, I don't need this anymore. And it was kind of this instant shift for her that completely changed her life. Mm -hmm. And so she's telling us this story. And I know Aaron's listening, but he's probably more passive listening where my like spidey senses going up and I'm like, ooh, like making mental notes, like circle back and ask Lindsay for this information of this person so that I can then pass this along to Aaron to maybe this, maybe she could help him with his nicotine addiction. And so that's kind of how this whole thing got started. Well, and it's funny because she asked me at dinner, is that something you'd be willing to do for your nicotine addiction? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, Whatever. And little did you know I was making notes no, in my I phone because I was sure as hell going to circle back to I that because I knew you wouldn't, but I was like, no. I, it was like one of those gut feelings where you hear somebody talk about something and sometimes you're like, oh, cool, maybe I'll, maybe that's interesting, maybe I'll circle back and something I want to try. And then there's other things that land where you're like, this is something that I will not forget to ask about that I want to try for myself. Yeah, no, totally. And I think... I got to say that dinner planted the seed, per se, because I mean at this point, you know, I was a, I dipped. I've never smoked. Like I was a, you know, can a day dipper of like any Grizzly, Copenhagen, Skull, like whatever it was, whatever my flavor of the month was. Um, and I did that for. I remember when I did it. I started when I was 21. Um, I had dipped a little bit in high school playing baseball, but it was never something I did on a regular basis. 
um, and then kind of really got started habitually in at 21 and kind of like continued but I realized like I don't want to do the the dip anymore and so I did like nicotine gum and then I was like cool like I'm not all the research I've done that there's no like cancers linked to the nicotine gum so I was like awesome so that's better than dipping so then I did that for a while and then on and off on and off on and off and then I found uh, those Zen pouches which are just basically nicotine salts and so I was like cool like I'm not I don't have the carcinogens per se but then again like after researching more and more like nicotine can cause like bladder cancer and it's also can do um, what's the, the cortisol the cortisol which is in your system so it's like this whole thing I mean there's obviously negatives to the amounts of nicotine that I was doing and because of the fact that it was the nicotine salts and it was Zins I realized that I was doing 80 something milligrams a day which is literally like two or three three packs of cigarettes I think we said two, right? Three. Oh my it God. was three packs of cigarettes, and we were we were saying that like if somebody says like I smoke two packs a day, that's almost like a a mythical joke. Like people are like smoke two packs a day, like wow, like you are chain smoking. Just, I was at I was at three, right? Because each cigarette's two to three milligrams of nicotine per cigarette, and I was at eighty something milligrams a day. So obviously, like again, going on these trips, they don't sell Zins everywhere. I was literally having you know, 40 and 50 cans delivered to my front door so that I would have enough to go to on these trips and it just became like a whole thing. And I started to think to myself, like once Kim said it, I was like, you know, I turned 41 this year. There's got to be a time that I give this up. Like, it's kind of crazy. I don't really feel ready at this point, but you know, it's kind of interesting, but it did plant that seed. So then circa we get home from Peru. Well, I think carry on. too, just to like piggyback piggyback off what you're saying is you know seeing seeing you in the addiction right because even though you know you would say oh there's no cancer there's no this right like it's not that it has a ton of negative effects like a alcoholic or a drug addiction or you know like those things that are so like cut and dry right um but you know, being letting anything like control you like that mm. is just something that over time, you know, it, it's like when your whole life is revolved around when can I get that next hit or you feel like you can't be yourself or you can't relax or you can't do the things you need to do without something else. That's, you know, when you know that you have a problem. And so having this come up years and I mean we've been together for 16 years and so like I've watched you go through this with like the dipping and then on to the nicotine and watch you try to quit so many times and the quitting was always excruciating because it's like you were you know a different person and irritable and all the things like you kind of think about right yeah no I think I was going to get into that I think that's a good lead-in because it was like the reasons that I never, never followed through with quitting, even though I wanted to, was because of that. Like I felt like the nicotine provided energy. I felt like the nicotine um, reduced my eating, which I could control my calorie intake, which I loved. Um, I felt like it gave me that burst of energy that, which it does, right? Nicotine's known, like performance athletes will take a dip before, not a dip, but like a nicotine yeah. hit before they do anything because it heightens their awareness, like short to, or what do you call it? Quick reflexes. Like it has a lot of benefits if you're not addicted. And so I literally just hated the feeling of the irritability, the tired, the headaches, the frustration, the feeling like, and then I would go into like a depressed mode. It's like a whole thing. And so that's why I never quit. And I think that's a good lead in to this whole hypnotherapy thing as well that had to be talked about. Oh well, yeah, and honestly, it would get to the point where I'd be like, please go back. You would buy me a can. Because I'm like, this is intolerable. And I mm-hmm. and I know that there's a, a grace period and stuff, but it would like, you would get in your head and it, this would just uh. go on and uh-huh. on and on and on. <laughs> and then eventually you'd just go back to it anyway. So I was almost like, well, like what's the point of quitting? You always go back and it's very miserable during the time. I'm like, this is exhausting. And so I just kind of like, gave up and I'm like he, he and like anything you have to do it when you're ready um and I don't not everyone knows this but like I used to smoke 
and I was a real smoker. I started smoking when I was like 16. Mm -hmm. And I smoked like a pack a day for the most part. And then it started just kind of being a social smoker. And then I would smoke with drinks. And then it kind of became more than that. And I got to a point where, you know, I I guess, I, I don't know, I was smoking. We like for a, a run. Was that it? Where I couldn't, yeah. no, no, I don't know. No, that's after I decided to quit. But like, it was... I never liked the act of, I didn't like the way that I smelled when I smoked. So that was kind of it for me. It wasn't that I was worried about cancers and things like that. I didn't like the way that I smell. I felt like it was very dirty. And so I would, but I enjoyed the act of it. Like I would look at it as I would sit outside on the porch and have a smoke and a cocktail. And I'm like, ooh, this is my thinking time. This is my me time. And it was like, I felt very relaxed. And Or like after I ate or at work, ooh, I'm gonna go outside and just sit and have a few minutes. And I associated those things with cigarettes, right? Which again, is just interesting because you can do all of those things without a cigarette. But you just kind of begin to create these habits and stories in your mind mm -hmm. that you associate these ha these things that you do with that bring you a certain emotion and then you continue on. And mm -hmm. if you don't have it, like if I didn't have the cigarette, I could never sit on the porch and just right. be like I felt anxious about that. And so, um, you know, I realized like I don't want to do this anymore. We that's when we started. We wanted to get healthy and we have a whole episode all about that. But that is when I decided to quit is when I wanted to kind of turn my health around and, and get in shape and eat healthier and all the things, so I quit. But for me, it was very different because my quitting experience was I made a decision because I, I knew in my, my soul, like I was so done. Like I was just done, done, done. There was no going back. There was no back and forth. It was just like, I am done. And I literally put the cigarettes down and I never smoked again. And I don't, and maybe you can, maybe you have, have a different, experience than I do but from what I remember and this was you know 15 years ago 14 years ago I don't remember struggling with it very much like I, I don't even remember you smoking that's weird yes you do because you used to bring me like straws so I could smoke no I know I'm saying like it was always just like if you had a cocktail you would have a cigarette like that's all I remember and so when you were like I quit I'm just like yeah but you only smoked when we drank so you never, when we were together, you never just rattled off cigarettes. Well, I did, but not as much. Like when, when we, so I would smoke like a pack a day normally. And then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I, I do want to cut back where I'm more um, doing it just when I drink. But I would still do it even when we were together, just randomly. Like I would have one like in the morning and I would go sit outside in the morning and like have a cigarette or like before bed or at work. So it wasn't as much as the pack a day that I was before, but I was still doing it not just socially. Yeah, I never saw that. I guess I really did quit after like maybe six months of us being together. So like you weren't in like the depths of like when I was like I was literally if you if you had a captain and diet you would have a cigarette. If we went to weddings and stuff like you would be with the smokers. Like but that was it. It wasn't like you were like in the car like hand out the window like smoking ever. Yeah. Or even at the apartment like ooh Got to step out for a cigarette. Like, it would always be like when we had a cocktail. Which is so weird because I was. like. That's why whenever always, you say this thing, I'm always like, what are you talking about? I would always, like, like have my last, because I work 3 to 11, so I'd always have, like, my last cigarette before I would go in and shower and get yeah. ready. Or sometimes I would have a cigarette on the way to work if I really wanted one. If I was feeling, like, a little bit annoyed or anxious, I'm like, okay, I need one more cigarette before I go in. Then I would, like, douse myself with perfume. Oh, I remember that. And then, like, walk in and people are like, you literally smell like a French whore with like perfume and cigarettes, mm -hmm. you know? So I definitely did smoke, but it was shortly after that we got together is when I dwindled it down and then completely quit. Yeah. But anyways, I, yeah, I didn't have any suffering. I wasn't, it was like, I made the decision in my mind and I was like, I'm done with it. And I've never smoked since. Like, I think there's been a couple of times where I might've had a clove or something like over the years, mm -hmm. but I've never been like, Oh, they're having a cigarette. Like yeah. I really like I, I almost just like completely let it go and never thought about it again. So seeing you struggle so differently, not that one's right or wrong, it was just an interesting experience of like, wow, like I don't think you were ever ready. 
which so you held on to it where I was just so done with it that I never like wanted it again. Well, no, and it's funny because you know it was like a big joke within my group of friends that like everybody would be like, "Ooh, I love a dip," and then they would all say, "Not as much as Gibson does." Yeah. Like it was like a whole thing because I mean I remember one point my my friend called and it was something I talked about with my hypnotherapist during the session was like my friend called and he was like, "Yo, how are things?" and I was like, "I'm struggling right now. I'm freaking out." And I was like, I remember I was pacing around my apartment and I was trying to quit. And I knew that the gas station was literally across the street. And I told him that I am suffering right now and it feels like my mother is being held hostage. And all I need is the hostage negotiator is saying, if you pay me $5, I'll let your mom go. That's it. So it was the feeling of like one of my family members was in trouble. So my gut was turning so bad. I was so anxious, so on fire inside that all I needed was $5 to release my mom. And that's what I was like spinning in my brain. And he's like, I was like, bro, I just need to know that if your mom was being held hostage, would you pay $5 to get her out? And he's like, of course I would. I was like, so there you go. I should just go to the gas station and get... And he was like, bro, this is insane. Yeah, it's now, granted, it doesn't even make sense. He can't stop laughing. He's cracking up. He's like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I'm sorry you're struggling, but like the fact that you would relate that to your mom being held hostage and like five dollars, like it's fucking, the same thing. absolutely fucking hilarious. And so he's like, have fun, go to the gas station, enjoy your walk home with your dip. And like that, that's just how I felt about it. Right. And so it's interesting going in to this whole hypnotherapy thing of like what my relationship was to it. Yeah, you you were on the struggle bus and I think this is important to note because you know, whether it's nicotine addiction or alcoholism or an eating disorder or sex addiction or drug, it doesn't matter the addiction, it's all rooted from the same place, right? And the addictions can manifest in different ways in different people's mm-hmm. lives. Which and, we're not like licensed therapists either. When no, we're talking no, no, about no. This, this is our opinion. This is sharing our own experience and mm-hmm. our own opinion, right? About all of this. So take what you want, leave what you don't. But, but that's the belief, right? Is that addiction is addiction is addiction. And so Helen spe- uh, specializes in. Um, nicotine addiction that Mm -hmm. she does she does hypnotherapy for so many different things but like addiction is her specialty so I just want to like note that Um, and not just nicotine just addiction addiction yeah Mm -hmm. and so you were the poster child of addiction so I just want to like make that very clear for anyone listening that might struggle with whatever addiction they have that you really were on the struggle bus it controlled your life every move every thought was about how you can like get your next fix and without it it felt like your mom was being held hostage like so this is a real deal deep deep addiction that you struggled with for 20 years Mm -hmm. right so that i just want to put that out there yeah so kim said hey um i mean we're literally deep in work trying to plan Oaxaca, planning uh, Bali, getting all that done before we leave for Bali. We are like rushing around, we're sitting on the couch and she's like, so I made you an appointment with Helen uh, for Monday. And I was no, like- No, 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 that's not how it went at all. I didn't say, I made you an appointment. I sat down and I said, hey, so uh, I was true. in my meditation that morning and I just had this, this like very clear thought of, Hey, reach I want reach out to Helen, reach out to Lindsay to get Helen's information. I didn't know that was her name at the time. Look at her website, get the feels, get the vibe, and reach out. Cause I just wanted to see how it felt first. And then we had been back for a while. I hadn't done it. So I just had this feeling. I'm like, okay, so you were still like in the room. I hadn't seen you all morning. I looked at Helen's website. I'm reading it. I'm like, oh my God, this is speaking right to my soul. Like I feel like she's perfect. And then I emailed her. And so she got back to me and said, um, yep, like this is exactly what I do. I think I can really help your husband. Um, my next available appointment is Monday, that's if right. that's something that you're interested in. This was what, Friday? This was this was Thursday. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this was Thursday. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and bring this up before I say whether you want the appointment or not, but just like talk to you, see where you're at, you know? And and so I sat down and I said, hey, so I had reached out, I whatever, reiterated the whole, you knew what I was talking about, the whole hypnosis thing. 
I reach out, I really do think it's a good fit. Here's her website, this is kind of how she goes about it. It's like 10 years of therapy in two sessions where you can heal this addiction once and for all. And she focuses on getting to the root problem, which I think was very, very important because if you hit the root problem, you can, you can really get yourself free from the addiction and where it stemmed from. And so I'm like going on and on, I'm like telling you and like, you're literally looking at me like I'm the devil. Like I can see, cause like your, your vibe changed instantly. I could feel you kind of like, like lean in in like this kind of aggressive way. And like, you looked like annoyed, like what you were saying was like, huh, okay. But like what you were telling me through your energy was like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, why are you bringing this up? No, that's how I thought. Cause it was just like, it was instantaneous of like, wait a minute. Like, why are you pushing this agenda on me? Like I said that I'd be interested in it, but I don't know if I'm like ready now. Like, why does it gotta be now? And so that was just kind of like the whole first first kind of thing and then it got to a point where it was like as we talked about it a little bit more and I kind of think I said that and you were just like I'm not pushing this on you like I'm just bringing it to your attention blah 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 and I was like well it just feels really soon it's literally Thursday this is like Monday and like I was like it's weird to think and then it, you know all that stuff kind of I think it led to conversation of just like where what is Kim's expectation like what if it doesn't work what if it does it kind of loosened the grip a little bit and it was just kind of like, what if it doesn't work? What if it does? Then great. And then am I willing to say that like Monday and Tuesday would be the last time I ever use nicotine again? Like that was a weird concept, right? Like if it worked out, this would be it. Yeah. And so I, I had to like get through that in a three day period. Now, I think I'd like to mention too, Kim and I are very self-aware we're always pushing we're always like trying to improve we're very i mean how would you describe me like i'm trying to like describe it because i want to paint a very clear picture of like i'm able to go deep within things within my life and traumas and put it to pictures and kind of like you know what i'm saying like i'm not just like a you're not surface at all like you have a willingness to try something you have a willingness to go deeper you have a willingness to allow your mind to go to places that maybe your conscious mind doesn't go to mm -hmm. um which is really really important i want to circle back to that in a second because i just wanted to say going back to that moment on the couch with you um again just being very transparent that i said I'm, this is your decision. Mm -hmm. Never once am I making you do it or pushing it mm, on totally. you that you do, you choose and decide if this is something you want to do. This is the appointment, this, but like give it some thought mm -hmm. and come back to me. Like I never wanted you to feel like you were doing it for me because that does not work. Agreed. But this is what's going on. And if you want to take this step, you can. And if you don't, you don't. And then you thought about it and came to that decision on your own. But you told me later that you felt like in that moment that you had to protect your addiction, that it was almost like a child that you had to put behind yeah. you, that you felt like I was trying to take something from you. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And that was like such a great depiction of like, you were like, don't you dare come in here trying to take my baby from me. Yeah. Like you were protecting something. And that like, when you were telling me, I'm like, that's insane. That. Yeah. That's like the, how you felt yeah. about, but then you said after you gave it a little thought and you went upstairs, you went on your swing and just kind of gave some space that you felt like it was something that you could open your mind up to. Totally. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like if you go in closed off, like somebody's taking your baby, none of this is going to work. Yeah. So even though I didn't want to do it, even though I was like, eh, we'll see, I'm open to it. That was just enough of a crack for Helen to do her work. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like none, of, and I also am a firm believer that these, these type of tools help people. Mushrooms, hypnotherapy, therapy in general. Like I'm a huge proponent of these things. So I have a firm belief that these things work if you allow them to work, right? So th that's another there's another little small print, right? Like, cause you can't just be like, none of this shit works. I don't believe in any of it. You know? A hundred percent. I think 
That's so important to know. Because it's the devil's work. It's the, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff that people will say and they'll be closed off to those type of healings. If you, the only thing that you need is a willingness to have an open mind because you're right. If you are, if I, our minds are so powerful, anything you believe will work, will work for you, right? 100%. If you believe something will work for you, it will. If you believe it won't, it won't, like period. But going in, and I said that too, is like all you have to do is have a willingness to have an open mind. Mm-hmm. And also there are, well, I'll just stay here for a second, but because I think, you know, with therapies and different or mushrooms or whatever it is, it's like, you know, we live in this conscious state of mind that, you know, we, we hide things within our bodies, right? We hide traumas. We hide the things that we don't want to look at, the things that we don't want to deal with or feel. And we kind of stuff them down and they don't go anywhere. They just like live in our beings. And a lot of those traumas or, or different things that have happened and they don't have to be these huge traumas, like micro traumas, just things that live in our body, things that we don't, that don't feel good to us, but we don't really want to give attention to. They live in our in our cells and then they can manifest in these different sorts of habits and behaviors and addictions that come out later and like the physical form. And so with with mushrooms or hypnotherapy, like it opens up your awareness, like your subconscious to reach into that part of your brain that like you keep hidden mm-hmm. that you don't want to access that you don't you don't normally have access to. It allows you to get there and access it so much faster totally that then allows you to heal the thing let the thing go once and for all because you've really clicked in and tapped into it so that you can let it go where things like therapy or different things can take you longer to get there because you're not accessing that part of your mind where it's living and hypnotherapy cracks open to your subconscious that allows you to get there faster. Totally. And I think that's why it works. No, and I think too, like as an individual as well, like I'm always, like vulnerability is not a place that I'm scared to live in. Like I'm extremely vulnerable. I feel like I can, I see patterns as well and I'm very keen on like, I did this, this isn't normal, this isn't how I wanna show up, but I can see a connection to a pattern of like how that was, a a minor trauma in my childhood of how that could have shaped the result of that. Like I see those things very clearly. And so I am, even from a therapist point of view, therapists have always said, man, like you are so like in tune with like, you're very connected to like what shaped you and how you want to work on things. And I've just, I I haven't had many clients that are very transparent and it's harder. They say it's a lot harder to get them to talk. Like Mm -hmm. you're so clear with like, these issues, but then it reached a point of just like, maybe there's stuff that's locked away that I can't get to and my brain only feeds me what I feel comfortable with. And that's an interesting, deeper conversation for another time, right? That like, I share everything that I feel, vulnerable or not, but maybe my brain's only feeding me what it is it feels comfortable with. And that was like, huh. Like I'm willing to explore, like that's where I said the mushrooms, the hypnotherapy like what else is under there that i can unlock well 100 percent. they say i forget what it is but it's something like uh, us in our normal state of consciousness we're only using like 10 percent of our brains and the rest of it's all in our subconscious and that is where we lock away and throw away the key the shit that we don't want to deal with but Mm -hmm. it's still there and not even just like the bad stuff but also the creativity and the awareness and the openness and the ideas and just like this deeper state of awareness and consciousness that we have access to but we just normally don't get to Mm -hmm. and so there are these different things that can help you get there and tap into that part of your brain and i think it's really cool but yeah i think you you are like one of the most vulnerable open people that i've ever met Mm -hmm. and so i almost like i look at you as like a mentor example of like who I want to be when it comes to vulnerability and and just being open and honest and and able to get to parts that a lot of people probably wouldn't even talk about just Mm -hmm. in your normal conscious mind. Um, Okay. So, so then you do the session Mm -hmm. and I I don't know if you want to just, I don't want to get in. Yeah. Just that's for people to have their, okay. So you have the, it's two sessions, you Mm. have the session. So I think the first session was really cool because we worked on like from start to finish. And I think there was a really cool thing that she mentioned 
And she said addiction lies between, oh my God, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Anger. Oh my God. What was it? Oh man, it's going to, now it's kind of ruined. That stinks. It will pop up later. There was, there was two where it lied and it made so much sense, right? Anxiety and, and anger. That's what it is. So addiction lies between anxiety and anger. And so when you reach that certain point of anxiety, you're just like, eh, like you become addicted because the anxiety triggers something and then the anger, right? Like, so addiction is in, in there, whatever. And so she has this whole like ground to, to top down, what do you call it? Top to bottom formula. And basically you get top to bottom. And so we started talking about childhood, obviously things came up like, you know, we, we were in like a therapy session, which was great, right? Because she's writing down stuff and she's like, okay, cool. And then we basically started our hypnotherapy session. Go ahead. I was going to say um, that, yeah, that just to kind of, without going into detail about any of the, like anything with the session itself, right? Because I think like just kind of, yeah, hold I'm that, I'm, but the the session is a mix of therapy in the beginning where you're kind of telling your story and you're like the things that are going on and blah, blah, blah. And then into like this hypnosis state of consciousness, but using visualizations and stuff. But it is, a, it's a mix of both. Like she's a therapist. So it's like a mix of, of both. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think that's why I wanted to paint such a very clear picture. If I would have went into this, this Helen thing and she's like, tell me about your childhood. And I was just like, it was good. Like, you know, I had some, I had some rough times, but who doesn't like, she has nothing to work with, right? So it's like, I'm willing to be like, yo, like, what am I missing here? Here's some of the things I struggled with. But if you're not aware of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, then it doesn't work. Yeah. And so it's like, then you're just like nothing, right? And so I have so many stories and so many things that she was like, okay, like, wow, holy shitballs. Like, maybe we should do eight sessions, like, with you. Like, this is intense, but she's like, at least I have a good place to start. And she could just start triggering on things to see reactions. And based off of reactions, then she knows, okay, that's a good one. Like, let's stay there. And so we would do that. And I would have visceral reactions, like full-on visceral tears. Like, oh, like my body would like like flare up. Like it was like a whole thing. Like she knew. So she's like, okay, I'm on to something, right? And so we would go through her hypno, hypno, hypnotherapy. But I think, again, like... I was deep, but I was alert, right? Like I could hear her. I knew that Mimi was laying on my leg. It wasn't like the movies, right? Where they're like, three, two, one, and act like a gorilla, yeah. right? Like I, if she would have said act like a gorilla, I would have been like, okay, no. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's a different type. But I was, I felt like I was on an anesthesia, like, but alert. Does that make sense? Yeah, like laughing gas. Right? Like you're in a very way, much alert, but you're in an altered consciousness. Totally. Like it was weird. It was like I was taking a long nap, but I was so alert. And the only other way I can is like there's times where I've just laid on the couch with binaural beats and like I feel like I'm sleeping, but I'm not. And like it's this kind of thing with your brain, like wavelengths, theta waves and all that kind of stuff. And so that's the thing. It's like, wow, like I feel so relaxed. Like, you know, she goes through the whole thing of like sinking into the couch and blah, blah, blah. And it's like whatever yeah. so we go through this whole picture we start from the bottom work to the top didn't really hit nicotine in general just kind of like the insides and healing that and then at the end we started on it a little bit and then we ended the session mm -hmm. and I think like for me I was like buzzing after like I'm like whoa like what was that like it uncovered a lot of things it started to connect the dots of like where my initial addiction uh, kind of took place and like why and what that person was and why they went to that addiction. And I was just like, it was very clear to me like what it was. And it started to loosen the reins. And I will say that like after that session, I didn't want Zins at all. And I had them right next to me. Well, and that was what was really interesting to witness. So I didn't know what to expect or how you were going to go or, or how you were going to feel. And I think that was the other thing too, is like, I didn't, there was no expectation because there was no pressure. 
it was just like go in with an open mind and see what happens like mm-hmm. if it doesn't work it doesn't work mm-hmm. who cares like there's no pressure if you want to go back and do your zins like go back and do them there's no right or wrong way just go in and have this experience and i didn't want to make because i think you were feeling like oh if i don't do it then kim's going to be disappointed or you know that's a huge part of it so i did my best to try to be like there's no pressure like just do this whatever so i didn't know how this was going to go like Lindsay had this great experience but i don't know if you're going to have the same we're giving something a try so i was at the coffee shop and um I was just like, I have no clue what's going on. And then you came in after your session and we're just like, whoa, like that was amazing. I'm buzzing. I need to go. I need to walk. Like, I feel like I'm in this altered consciousness, like this awakened energy, like just, whoa, like heightened. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, okay. And you're like, but I have zero desire to have a Zen right now. Like not at all. Like it's not even, again, it's not good or bad. It's just not something I'm even like, I feel like I have to have. Mm -hmm. And then you went and you walked and you ended up like calling my mom. Mm. Cause my mom is, cause like the altered consciousness you felt like this awakened energy is something that again, most of us like don't normally feel on a normal basis unless we are in a meditation or having an experience like this or on mushrooms or something that kind of brings that awakened energy. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't even know what to well, do I with said- this. My logical brain is trying to make sense of something that I don't think that I can make sense of. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it doesn't make sense, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you're such Isn't a, that crazy? Like, eh. You're such an overthinker and overanalyzer that like just by nature and like you were almost like talking yourself out of what happened or like trying to make sense of what happened and going in your mind back and forth about, like you were trying to make it into something logical and something like that made sense that just like let it be what it was, that there's some things you just can't explain, you can only feel. Correct. Right? Totally. And that's what people say about like mushroom trips. Like you can't describe it. It's like, mm, it doesn't make logical sense how you had those thoughts and things like that. And it's crazy and I think that's what I was trying to make sense of like, I thought about these things, but they were obviously thoughts that I had always had. So why couldn't I get there myself? And it took this thing to get me there. And that's where I was just trying to like ping pong it around in my brain of just like how she uncovered that. Because that's what, that's the tool, right? Totally. So, okay. So you have this incredible experience. You, you feel so great that day. You're like high on life, positive, just like don't want this in life as well, and then or life's amazing, and then the next morning, you felt a little bit on the struggle bus, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Do you want to talk about that? I don't really do. I. Because remember, even... you were going to talk to Helen about because you had your next session with her the next day, and you were feeling not like you wanted it, but that you were having. Um, fears that this was going to go away and that you were going to want uh, it again. And so you were like Interesting, that's what that. it was. Like, that's what I was saying. I felt so good that then my logical brain and my addiction brain started to kick in and say, dude, like, this is going to wear off. And so this isn't going to feel good forever. You're never going to feel like, you're not going to feel like this anymore. It's going to wear off. And that old feeling of the aggression and the f- fatigue and the nastiness is going to come back. And so that's where we went into our next session. Yeah. And so that's why it was good to have two sessions because then it became about the addiction, but also talking about what came up from the first one. Mm -hmm. And so that came up, that was residual. We went through that in the next session, we started there. And then we just kind of went through the whole nicotine thing. And it was like, kind of like flushing of the body and like all that kind of stuff. It was kind of interesting because she also said like, I didn't know that about the cortisol. Like she said that your body is nicotine just increases your body with cortisol, which is basically adrenaline and then like stress hormone. It's stress hormone and then it comes down so hard. That's why you need another one really quick. But I just got to a point where when I felt like the ones in my mouth were gone, I would just pop another one in and another two in and just keep it going like 24 hours, like nonstop. So she was like, your body was running at like, ah, 
for 24 hours, like internally, even though you, on the other sense, had broken that down to where you could say, I am more calm. Because your body was like running it, ah, like nothing was going to match that, ah, so you felt calm with anything else. Which is so crazy. I mean, that's just. Which is why I had high blood so pressure and on, yeah. all that stuff, right? Yeah. And Cholesterol, it shrinks your vessels. I mean, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, even you saying, like, I don't know who I am without it. Yeah. Like, it's a whole thing, you know? And so. So to go, so you have the two sessions, which she always do. She always does two sessions with addiction, and then she would do more. If she you could do it. more, but that's baseline, yeah. right? So you're always going to do two back yep. to back. It has to be it's the package. back to back. Yep. And then you can do more if you feel like you need it. But I think more importantly too, she gave you really great tools that you could take into your own life. So when you're when you start to struggle or things come up, you have these like go-to things specifically around this area, this addiction mm. that you can go to to get yourself back. Yeah, and totally. And so Helen's thing too is visualizing, right? So putting feelings to visualizations. And if you're going to if I'm going to win at anything, like if I'm going to remember anything, it's literally putting things to a visual. So it just played right into the way that I excel in life. And so I was able to put a, a visual thing onto a feeling. Mm -hmm. Which then for me, I'm like, that's a tool I can take into the world forever. Like, that's insane. Like, I like that. That works for me. Putting it to a color, to a feeling, to an in, like uh, a picture, to a physical being, like something, right? You put it to a physical and boom, you can understand it. And then you can... Almost like they say you can put a name to it. Or a lot of people in the spiritual world will say, put a name to your overeating. Put a name to your aggression. Put a name to your addiction. And you can actually start to like call it out by name. Like, hey, Bobby, you're done. Like, bye-bye. Like, no more, you know? And so I was able to use those tools, which was really helpful. Um, but I will say that like the week following the uh, sessions the frustration i did have a little bit of uh overeating which was something that we talked about like the munchies and the feeling like but it wasn't as bad as it always has been like i had little bouts but i was able to catch myself because again i was able to know what it was and say nope that's my brain telling me that i need something else and i, I that's false that's a false reality gone like bye and so i was able to really kind of control it but i did have you know, some cravings for like some gummies and some, you know, like gummy candies and different things like that that I could munch on. You always do though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's nothing new. But yeah, like you, that, I mean, those, so watching you of like, watching you quit before and like just who you become and it's like, whoa, this is scary and it's not even worth it to watching you for those couple of weeks in Jacksonville right before we left for Bali was like, wow, like you were the same person, right? You weren't, you know, irritable. You weren't short moments. You had moments, but you were just your normal self. We all have irritability and stuff, but nothing where I was like, wow. Like, of course there were, mo oh yeah. We had oh, a yeah, big blowout fight. Oh, I forgot about that. I, oh my God, I totally forgot. Okay. Yeah. There was a moment <laughs> that was like terrifying that I was like, holy shit, like put the monster back in, put the demon back in. Um, but overall, right? So well, we had drinks that night and we had a stressor that happened. Yeah. And then I just didn't deal. Yeah. So we did have a massive blow up. You had a, yeah, there was a big, a big trigger. And then there was just a nastiness where it really was just like you got super short and super nasty. And I was just like, goodbye. I'm going to bed. I will not sit here and be in this sort of like space with you you can do this on your own and I went to bed and I was like what the fuck like that was but like I knew what was going on well like, I was having an out-of-body experience too like anger wise like I could feel it yeah and but then the next morning you were like I'm sorry and you realize what had happened and you know so yeah there was that there was that was very like uh textbook kind of how it's been when you've quit so, but overall, mm -hmm. like, you were chill. 
Mm-hmm. And you were like, I really don't have any desire. I'm good. Like, I, I'm not even really thinking about it. Like, it's not something that's like on my mind. I'm like, wow, this is insane. Like, this is a miracle. Really? Like, it's a miracle because what? You know, because even before when you've quit, you may have stayed nicotine free, but you were like, I'm constantly thinking about it. I have to constantly do this and I have to constantly do that. It was like a constant thing in your mind where this was very like, there were moments that would come that you had to use your tools, but it was overall just kind of like, I can do this. Like that Mm -hmm. was like, I got this. I can do it this time. I have the tools. I'm ready to go. And so that was really cool to witness. And then like long story short, because I feel like this could just go on and on and on. But um, when we got to Bali, you had another kind of like setback. Yeah, so totally. Like in Bali, I remember uh, when Kim and I left Peru the first time, we didn't know that we were coming to Bali. And I had enough Zins to last me through Peru. So going to Bali, I was like, this could be interesting. I'm either going to quit, even though I don't want to, or I'll find something. And so Bali came out with these new tiger snooses. I didn't want to go there because I don't really like the tobacco flavor, but I was just basically like, you know, after dipping that kind of turned my stomach or whatever. But the, I was like, Hey, this is what I got. This is what I'll do. So I tried to quit for like a couple of weeks. It didn't go well, obviously knew that those were there. And so I went for those. And so when I got to Bali, I saw the tiger snooze and I was like, Ooh, like it just kind of like triggered in this like nostalgia kind of thing with Bali. And it's an, it's only a product you can find in Bali that I've found. So I was just like, interesting. So what was good and bad was like, I went into a, the, another, like my body needed it. And I started to like get irritated and sad and just feeling like overwhelmed and all these things. And I was going through my um my tools and they weren't working very well and then i messaged helen i was like hey i'm, I'm on the struggle bus i need a session and she was obviously the time difference and so kim just said to me you were fine in jacksonville you get to bali and you're not it's a choice right because your body is telling you you need it because you've seen it and so when she said that i was able to connect the dots and say you know what you're right like my body is reacting right now because I told myself that it's available and I should get it and it's cool and I like it and I like the one that's in Bali and it's I, I've done it before and it's a Bali thing and blah, blah, blah. And so I've justified it enough to where now my body is starting to trigger those withdrawal symptoms that I had not had. So why now? Well... And I think that was interesting because Helen even said that about people in jail that she's worked with that literally cannot have their drug of choice and their body doesn't go through withdrawals because they know in their mind they can't get it. Yeah, and the mind is such a powerful thing and is in control. So it's like it can go whatever direction like you want it to go in. And you can tell yourself stories to get what you want in either direction you want to go. And so it was like in at home, you were very much like, I'm in this, I can do this. Like, I feel so amazing. I feel so alive. And you even had the Zins. You told me to hide them. Mm -hmm. And you wanted them in the house, but you wanted me to hide them. Um, And then eventually you said you can completely get rid of them. And you even knew you found out where they were and you still had no desire to grab one, even though you could have. It was right there Mm -hmm. in front of you. Like, it was so easy, but you're like, I don't want anything to do with it. And so you here, it almost felt like you had this big trigger and then you went down this rabbit hole of using those stories on playing those over and over on repeat to give yourself permission to get what you want. And you were willing to do whatever you you had to do to like get what you wanted and you kept just going and going where finally it was just like, dude, if you want to go do it, go do it. And you almost did. Because, mm-hmm. But then it was just like, Think about this, though. Like, you are making that choice right now. And then you had another moment of clarity. No, that's what it was. It was like the moment of, like, when you said that, I was like, okay, let me use Helton's tools that she taught me, but then use your words. And then I was able to literally say to myself, like, kind of like how this is what came about. The Waterboy, you haven't seen The Waterboy, right? 
but in the water boy he visualizes people that made fun of him and then he attacks and that's why he's such a crazy like tackler and like whatever right and so he teaches his teammates and like one of his uh, friends who was nice to him was a kicker and he visualized it and like kicked better and so like I started I don't know why that came about but I was like visualizing it and I was like okay like I'm making a choice so I'm gonna make the choice to not think about that anymore so you have three seconds to let that go I was like one two three and I snapped and I was like you're gone and literally the feeling of like anxiousness and like I have to go get it like went away and so I've just been using that like when I have a moment of just like I feel irritable and and that goes away like it goes away Mm-hmm. right until you play into it again if you play into it of like ooh, dipping's cool dipping feels good i could use one right now oh my god i'm sitting at the beach right now like nothing would be better than a dip and all of a sudden it's like well bali has it why don't you go get it like it goes down that path right and so that's when you yeah. have to stop it in its tracks yeah and, and I, now i have the tools and and so you it's like this constant back and forth right like I think that's important to note is I think any addiction is like a a, a daily practice is a daily or any anything you do like they're not even about addiction but like anything that you do that you want to stick with you have to have a practice right you have to keep up on it there's there's some days that are better than others but like you use your tools and like you might get into spaces where you kind of feel like you like you you want it or you feel like you need it or you're irritable but like knowing using your tools and knowing it will pass and making that choice to keep keep doing the tools to keep coming out on the other side and not choosing to go back to something that you know isn't in your best interest for Mm -hmm. who you want to be and how you want to show up and and just the freedom you have being out of an addiction that controls you right Mm -hmm. like and so with this whole hypnotherapy experience it's interesting because it's not that you just snapped your fingers and you're completely, oh, what's dip? I don't even think about it. Like, right. You had that experience, but then the, the reality of it is over this long stretch is there's ups and there's downs and you are using your tools to keep moving forward in the hopes and the knowing that you will continue to be free of this but it is work and it is a practice it is but i can say that it lessened by 90 percent the times i tried to quit all of the symptoms that i had were lessened by like 90 percent. so i was like at a 10 percent. seeing you again quit many times in the past mm-hmm. versus how you've done it this time it's completely different mm-hmm. completely different and i think the chances I know the chances of success to really come to the other side of this where it's just like it's like a story you tell like friends like back in the day I used to like dip and blah blah mm-hmm. like it becomes a story you, you mm-hmm. tell instead of a current struggle right. and reality of what you're living like I really believe that you'll be able to get to the other side of it and I think that the hypnotherapy was such a huge huge part of that journey because it allowed you and and obviously you're not going to get into that but it allowed you to tap into where that addiction began and through that visualization it allows you to continuously let it go let it go Mm -hmm. let it go so that it no longer has control over you no totally and i think another thing that has helped is my snap bands Mm -hmm. and so like me twisting my hair i know kim and i have probably talked about on the podcast if we haven't like i would twist my hair it's like an anxious um habit that i would do like i've had a bunch of them right i mean you can see the pattern here um i used to blink my eyes i would like sniff i would rock back and forth i would chew my fingernails i would suck my thumb like it just dates back to like my existence um and so i developed twisting my hair was like my new thing and so kim said it was the most annoying thing she's ever seen it needs to stop so like I was kind of doing some research and I found snap bands with a Z because I noticed like people with anxious habits a lot of times would have uh, rubber bands. And I was like, that's interesting. I wonder if somebody's come out with like a cool wristband that you could wear that's not just like a rubber band. And so I did the research and sure enough, like it's this company called Snap Bands with a Z. And they're an absolutely phenomenal company, which is why I like it. They write a handwritten note, um, just really cool. I had some issues with one of my bands um, and they just, they wrote me a new one, but I completely quit twirling my hair 
because the snap band and I've also used it for like anytime I'm starting to feel a little anxious I pop myself that one two three you're gone and so it's been very helpful to have those tools readily available so yeah Helen and snap bands yeah two amazing game changer game changer I guess I, we don't really have time I won't get into my hypnotherapy session because like it will be too long but I think um I went into mine for um like anxiousness basically control con a controlling anxious energy um and I, I have a like a fear of driving on the highway and all these things and so I went into it with and because also like she does work with like uh for anxiety depression things like that too so I went in with the hope to kind of release a lot of this like low level anxiety that I experience and this very controlling energy that I have a little bit like low level OCD behaviors and stuff. And so I went into it with that and I definitely had some relief. I do not, I didn't have the same experience that Aaron had as far as like as deep, I think, um, and I wanted to actually do another session with her, but we are coming to Bali and it's a whole thing. So I would say that I definitely had some relief. Like as a quick example, um, on the highway, I get super nervous in cars. Just, just very debilitating. In the left lane. Panic Passing attack lane. energy. And it's only when I'm in, yes, in the left lane or there's like multiple, if there's multiple lanes and there's a third lane and it's the, we get into the left lane, I go into an instant panic attack. And so uh, that's just been how it's been for years and years and years. And it's really hard um, because for me, it's this crazy feeling that I know it's not logical. And I'm like, why am I feeling this way? But I can't stop. And, and then it's like for the driver, it's very stressful <laughs> because it's like, ah, like you're stressing me out. Like I'm going to crash because you're being crazy. So it's like this crazy thing. So after the session, um, we went somewhere. I don't even remember. But we were on the highway in the we left. We went down lane. for lunch. Yeah, and I didn't feel anxious at all, actually. And you had, I had your leg on the door. I even had my leg on the door. Where uh, that sounds ridiculous, but for me, I never put anything on the door because I had this irrational fear that the door is going to swing open and I'm going to fall out, which is insane. I know, but like I've oh, I just I won't sleep on the door. Nothing. And so I had my leg on the door. We were, you were in the left lane. And like I, I felt completely relaxed. And that to me was such a, a small piece of freedom that like I used to like look at other people on the highway and be like, wow, like I'm so jealous that they can even like drive in that lane or they can go that fast because like that must feel so free not to be scared, you know. And so that was such a small relief for me um, in, in like a direct effect from that session. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's been other things too, which we can do another episode and I can talk more about that. Um, but well, I you think- you even had a thing with flying too and you just flew all the way to Bali. Oh, that's true, yeah, there was- and There was no, which is crazy because that's been a wave. So I've had, I go like up and down with- <laughs> No pun intended. Fears of flying, like I absolutely love flying and then I'll go through an episode where I get super anxious and I don't know why and then I go back to loving it and it's like this weird thing but the last couple of times that we've flown, uh, like when we went to Peru, it almost felt like I was going to have like a panic attack, like I was like so scared. I'm like, why? What is up? Like it just doesn't make sense, uh, which a lot of it is like my underlying control issues. But so um, yeah, on the plane to Bali, I had no anxiety, no panic and really even with turbulence and stuff, which again is so normal and like it's normal to have a little bit of nerves, but like I was going into a full blown like panic attack and I felt completely relaxed. I felt at peace. I just, I, I, I like a normal, how I nor like normal people feel. So yeah, there was definitely some big tangible takeaways from you that. You slept through turbulence, which you never do. That's true. Yeah. So I guess I did have some big takeaways mm -hmm. and just, yeah, other control issues. I think you need a couple more sessions to kind of get more in depth with like what you were saying because I think you were just cracking the surface, but you went after the car thing and the, the plane thing, but I think you're seeing it's a little bit more and I think a couple more. You only did one session. Yeah, I only did the one. So even if you had another one, yeah. I think you would it would be very helpful. Yeah, which I'm going to. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, it was just an incredible experience and yeah, I believe like, it really is like 10, 20 years of 
therapy of trying to mm. dig in why are you controlling why are you anxious why are you addicted what happened blah 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 like you talk in circles like i think therapy is great but this is like a, an instant hit like it mm. allows you just to jump in get to the root and like let it go and i mm. think it's a really incredible tool that anyone can access so um if you're interested and you want her information you can dm us at kim and aaron g and um, i'll give you her information but um the session was your session was 275 mm -hmm. for two sessions so it was like three hours two set two hours on the first one and then an hour and like in incredible like and so to be able to to pay 270 like she's very affordable to have like an instant relief and life changing well i mean experience. i was paying over a thousand dollars a year on nicotine products exactly so so very affordable you feel very relaxed and comfortable with her she can help guide you if you're not necessarily sure like exactly you want to work on some things but you don't know exactly where to start or what like she helps you talk through that to get to the other stuff that then you can then work on mm -hmm. so she's incredible i cannot recommend it enough for really anything mm -hmm. anything that well, you're I, struggling with not only did she do good work i liked her as a person and i think that was what's really cool too just yeah. in general i felt comfortable with her we're Relaxed. doing it over zoom it just it was really cool like 100 yeah. percent, yeah cannot recommend the experience enough so if you're interested reach out we'll give you the deets on that um, or if you have questions or anything let us know i think that's it that pretty much covers the gamut with yeah. that right yeah okay cool good work all right well with that we'll see you next week we will hopefully in bali yeah late <laughs>